Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. part one yet because this has popped up in your feed first go back to the feed click part one then go listen to part two here is part two everybody so matt wrote in and said uh he was a work colleague so handsome we went away as a small group on holiday and we shared a room unfortunately nothing happened i knew his brother and said that i liked him good on you matt for getting the information through you know shoot your shot as my friend ben would say um (laughs) james found out and completely cut me off ah this didn't end so well. Do you think there is uh, something in the kind of fetishization of the idea of getting a, a, a man to go gay? And I feel like that's gay men only. I don't know that queer women talk about it quite so much. But yeah, I don't yeah. know. Um, I, I think that with men, men love winning things especially if the thing to win is hard um and that goes mm-hmm. like beyond sexual exploits i think that you know cisgender men love this idea of conquest they love the idea of trophies they love the idea of kind of coming mm-hmm. out on top in some way and i think that that is just another example where it's just like oh my gosh i got this straight guy um, i bagged a straight one or whatever um you know, very uncomfortable, something I really don't enjoy coming out of people, but I, it, it's understandable no. within the phenomenon of men in general, because I think straight men are like that too, you know, where it's just like, oh, I bagged one or whatever, or like, yeah, a real, a conquest this one's the real, tr- yeah, exactly, um, notch on my bedpost or whatever, um, it, it makes sense to me. It's funny though, isn't it? I feel like that conversation has so disappeared. Mm-hmm. Let's talk 20 years ago when I first ever went to a gay club. I remember if a straight person turned up, a straight man who was hot, like people would go mad. They'd be like, oh my God. And it would just sort of be like this joke that we were, we would talk to them and someone would try and, you know, turn them. And whereas now I just feel like the space would kind of be like, mm, can they go elsewhere? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I tend to think that as well. And, you know, I'm constantly checking in with myself to see, like, is it just my little group of friends that I'm using as a barometer for, you know, what the gays around the country are doing? I really don't know. Um, I do know mm. that, like, in the microculture I'm in, it's certainly turned the other way around where it's just like, ugh, why is this straight guy here? <laughs> mm, mm. Um, yeah, uh, things have changed at least in my little neck of the woods, for sure. Yeah, same here. I mean, I'm sure it contains multitudes. Um, A couple of people said no, no, uh, but a straight friend just told me he was curious about me. Keep us posted on that. Doesn't say who that's from. And Mike said, maybe in lust, 
but not in love. Well, we've all been there, haven't we now? Yes, we certainly have. Um, I've been in lust for 15 years. (laughs) (laughs) With one person or many? Oh, several. Yeah, but but no break from lust, mind you. It's always at least one or two people. Really? Yeah, there's been no vacations from lust. Really? Do you really have that all day, every day? Um, yes, although it might be changing because I changed my medications recently and it has finally, like, tamed my little machine in my brain that yearns for things and people, um, has, it's downsized its office, thankfully. Um, so I feel a little bit more grounded than I ever have before, but typically, yes, um, I'm, I'm always into somebody. (laughs) Mm. Well, this would lead us beautifully to one of the first Agni Uncle questions, which is, which is one of our listeners has written in and asked, why do I always fall in love so slash too easily with guys I've had sex with? Mm, yeah, I've written about this phenomenon quite a bit. Um, and the way I sort of talk about it is if you're not regularly watering yourself, you tend to be this dried up pile that will catch fire for the first spark you have with anyone um i I think it's (laughs) it's just like you um because you're not after a specific person who makes you feel a specific thing you're after the idea of like oh someone who can validate me by wanting me or Mm -hmm. somebody who actually is attracted to me and it's easier to find yourself attractive when someone else finds you attractive and they're around to just Mm -hmm. sort of you know make you feel like that's what you look like that's who you are you're attractive you're appealing um i have evidence right here his name is tom or whatever (laughs) (laughs) so it's like it's it's very understandable but it's uh it's not a good recipe for you know a healthy relationship yes i like we just talked about love love and lust i think get very confused and Mm -hmm. i don't want to put words in your mouth dear listener but i don't know that you're in love i think you're in lust and it depends what kind of person you are like i always was a bit in that space like you develop a huge connection by sleeping with someone having sex with someone and some people just aren't like that and i think i'm trying to think why did i do that why did i do that i think because I felt very behind. As it, no, I didn't feel very behind. I think I just had been very behind. Like, I hadn't... I'd spent the whole time watching, as a teenager, all my friends, a lot of my friends, you know, fall in love, date, da 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 while I sat on the sidelines lying about who I was. So when you start doing it, it all... I don't know, I think you just in, inadvertently rush towards it and try and try and catch up and actually you're not really engaging your brain as to whether someone works for you but i don't think any of those feelings were false i wasn't i wasn't being cunning i wasn't like well this will work i I just really felt it in my heart you know yeah our heart can do some really weird interesting things in this life um Mm. and then you look back later and you think why did you do that (laughs) (laughs) you know and also if it's right at the time but I don't know, maybe you've just got to kiss a lot of frogs, listeners. Um, A lot. Next question. Is it okay not to be okay with any label on my sexuality? Now, I know that one of the things you've said is that actually a lot of your 
people who write in are asking for permission to be certain things. Mm-hmm. Here we have a question just like it. Um, yeah, it's a question I ask myself quite a bit lately because the whole thing with me is that I'm so irritated with Twitter <laughs> and Twitter <laughs> is like very interested lately in all these like micro labels. I don't know if you've noticed where it's yes. just like every last little facet of ourselves needs to be filed into its correct place and has a name has a certain sort of uh, culture associated with it, things you can do, things you can't do, things that make you a real this or a real that or a fake this Mm. or a fake that. Um, And, you know, I think it misunderstands what language is trying to do for us or what we're trying to do with language. Uh, It's just that it's hard to accept that we are not perfect authorities on the human experience and who we are because we're endlessly complicated. We are galaxies, we are oceans, etc. And mm. you can put a name on it if it serves you, if it helps you, for example, find community with other people, if it helps put a name to your desires, if it helps you articulate better the way you feel on the inside. But it is not a substitute for reality itself because reality itself is this unknowable, very complicated thing. And so I've really softened on the take of, you know, not necessarily putting a label or a name on everything. Because I think, you know, even just as recently as a few years ago, the thinking was um, that that's kind of BS. And understandably, because, you know, being out and proud and calling yourself gay, calling yourself bisexual, for example, um, is like a, a proud thing. It is something that needs to happen so that we can come out and announce that we're here and let other people know that we're here as well and sort of be lighthouses for each other. And I think that that conventional wisdom holds true still. I think it is still important to come out, to say this is what I am, this is who I am, etc. But at the same time, um, I I don't like this impulse of, like, well, everything has a definite name to it. Everything has a definite title that the journey is finding the correct label or the correct name. And I just don't think that that's Mm. what the journey actually should be. No. And I think by virtue of the fact that you're saying, is it okay to not be okay with any label? You've sort of found your spot because you kind of know, but in that, by writing that question, you know where you're at and stay, stay there because that's good. Like when I first found that I could embrace the word gay, it was such a renaissance in my life. It was like I could start again, but better. I could like actually engage in all these things that I had been depriving myself of. I could just by embracing this thing I was so afraid of, this word, this title that I was so afraid of. Everything could be interesting, new, fun again, um, something I can try, something I can be less afraid of. And so that was such a big thing for me that it it does make me very sympathetic to the idea that, like, identifying yourself a certain way can open doors for you. Um, Mm. And that that will never go away for me. But, uh, you know, by the same token, I think that we have words like that, we use language like that, because they're sort of born out of a certain um, systematic disenfranchisement where it's just sort of like, I have to find these other people on the margins because that's where I've been pushed, and we can sort of help each other get by, we can help each other enjoy life, we can help each other actually be ourselves. And I think that that is where language is at its best, and when and where language stops doing that (laughs) and starts Mm. actually becoming more restrictive than it is liberating, which is how I see a lot of these um, 
you know, micro labels playing out and how I see a lot of people like if, if you're actively stressed about like, I don't know which one of these labels fits me and therefore I don't know if I belong in any certain place. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. That is where I think language is starting to not serve you and where it's not really something that you need to force yourself to embrace. Yeah, and also um, when you're talking about opening doors, like I think labels can be really helpful when mm -hmm. you're trying to work out who and what you are. And actually, yeah. I've described them before as being like being like a lily pad. Like I can go like when I gay man, I was like, okay, I'm going to be a gay man. I can be that, and that feels great. And so many problems have gone away, but I sort of need it less and less as mm -hmm. I just absorb it into myself. I suppose it's like like when yeah. I first ever was spoken to about anxiety someone naming it telling me what it was allowed me to find the shape of it within myself naming it makes it kind of go away a bit and mm -hmm. labels are there to evolve i don't think you have to stick to anything is what i'm sort yeah of and if it's just the a great way for you to begin your journey um that's mm. fine too it doesn't have to be the destination it can just be the first door and that is totally acceptable Someone else wrote in with the question, is it acceptable to use an escort? So um, I'm presuming that means sex worker. Like sex uh, worker, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I say yes. Um, and that's sort of just where I'm at. <laughs> My one word answer. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Me too. I mean, yeah. listen, sex work is, we've done a whole episode with LGBTQ plus sex workers and It's a varied job and, uh, you know, I am aware that some people are in sex work who don't want to be in it. However, there are a lot of people in sex work who want some protection from in, in a legal sense and they want mm -hmm. some respect from authorities and police and they want to be doing it. Mm -hmm. And I think that there is so much shame around sex work and someone using a sex worker mm -hmm. that it's you know it depends you you've got to work out what's it doing for you i think you know if something's good for you or not you know what i mean I um so and i think that if it's feeling good then pursue it in a consensual manner yeah exactly but i suppose with the the queer experience as well specifically what i think is lovely there can be people exploring areas of their sexuality later in life for example or even You know, when I say later, that can be 21 or it can be 65. And you can explore that with someone who will help you explore it and it not have to be in a relationship context or in a romantic context, which is also, I think, quite 
quite specific to the queer experience, maybe not entirely. Yeah, I mean, a lot a lot of these conversations do come back to navigating around shame, don't they? <laughs> yes, they do. And what do you find, what's the most common thing you get asked? Mm, in the Ola Papi column? Yes. You know, it, it tends to be this generalized discomfort with feelings of not belonging, um, mm-hmm. feelings of like, am I this or that enough? Um, such to the point that I'm just like, clearly this is an entire community of people who feel like they're not anything enough. <laughs> so if we would all just like get <laughs> together and be like, listen, <laughs> we all feel this way a lot. Um, it's yes. fine. It would yes. do us a lot of good. So sort of being more open with like, I remember I was talking to, um, you know, this is like somewhat related. I was on another podcast, a gender real podcast where I was talking about being Mexican American, where they were like, Oh, I didn't know that sometimes you felt about like not being Mexican enough because I would think that you would be the authority to tell me I'm not Mexican enough. Um, so it was just like, I think a lot of people feel that way, you know, where it's just like, yes. <clears throat> they see other people as the actual authorities on their identity and if they could just get approval from those people meanwhile those people are having identity crises all their own <laughs> so it's, it's yeah. comforting in a way 100 percent. and i remember you saying that you also had you get some unhinged questions is that a <laughs> what are they well i really miss the more unhinged questions i would get when i was on grinder with the column because those yes. were out of pocket <laughs> i mean i think that great <laughs> examples were like there was this one guy who was invited home to his boyfriend's house for Thanksgiving and his boyfriend was Colombian. And then he gets to the house for Thanksgiving and no one in his family is Colombian. And he's like, what's going on? And the boyfriend's like, okay, so I'm not Colombian. (laughs) No way. So, you know, questions like that, those are like the bread and butter, like, uh advice column scandalous questions that i i miss getting they were fun and what was that person doing why were they lying because they were trying to be trying to to... impress so the boyfriend um had studied abroad in colombia for like spanish and was an admirer of the culture and i think this guy was just like oh yeah i'm colombian (laughs) (laughs) also to to reveal that you're lying in a way that is you're taking them there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. they're going to find out. It's so Such strange. A spectacle. I'm like, it, were you just hoping that they wouldn't mind or wouldn't notice? I don't know. I don't know. Is there a question that stayed with you more than any other? You know, I can't say so because I think when I think of the column and I think of the letters, I think of it as all kind of one body where I, I just feel so grateful and so happy that people are even sending me questions in the first place. When I think Mm. about, um, (laughs) I would never send someone a letter with a stranger, a letter with my, um, troubles, (laughs) you know what I mean? That's just not something I would do. And so I'm just grateful that people see me and trust me enough to hand me that. Yeah. I thought it was lovely that you said once that, um, you don't know that people are always looking for an answer. They just want to share. Yeah. And, that's very interesting perspective on advice, isn't it? That a lot of times advice is almost just listening. Yeah. I, I think that most questions I don't answer, obviously, like most of the letters I get in my inbox never become columns. And I appreciate mm. those just as much because I think 
yeah, this is what someone needed in that moment. They just wanted to write it down and send it somewhere and know that someone read it. And that's like the other <laughs> better job I have, I think, um, rather than mm. just putting out columns that people read, which is something else I enjoyed doing. But the thing that I hold to be sacred is just the act of people sending letters to me in the first place. And even if I never use them in columns, I do read them and it, it feels very correct. It feels very correct. Mm. And you also said um, that you would never give someone advice on coming out, which when I discovered that I felt awful because I've given loads of advice to people about coming out. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's very much a me thing. It's like I'm not broadly against advice about coming out. For me, uh, my specific anxieties just say that, like, I don't know your parents. I don't know what position I might be putting you in if you follow my advice. Like, I don't know. Mm. Um, Because obviously you want to be a... Uh, uplifting wholesome movie about it and be like oh come out to them they'll understand or if they love you they'll come around and you want that but like we were talking earlier with how every family is weird and different i just Mm. can't be sure of that what if you come out and your parents are horrible about it you know if that's something you want to do then yes it should be up to you but i'd rather not be an accomplice in it because it would stress me out (laughs) Mm. yes jp i'm aware we have to finish and What's what's happening next for you? What what next wonderful, beautiful piece of literature are you going to gift us, I hope? <laughs> um, I am hunting an idea for my second book. It feels like I'm getting closer to it, where it's like, you know, you're 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 looking at the tracks that it's leaving and there are broken twigs here and there, and I think mm. that I'm closing in on it. <laughs> um I'm also working on developing a TV show based on my first book. Um so that's a wow. lot of fun. I'm working on like screenplays and treatments and stuff and entering the new world of Los Angeles, which is altogether different from the publishing world I'm used to. Well, that's really exciting. And do you know what, when um, developing the first book for television will, I mean, the moment you said that immediately, I saw Carrie Bradshaw writing a question. (laughs) We will see. We will see. Um, (laughs) It's still, it's in that phase where it could still be anything. Um, they won't mm-hmm. let me make it an anime, so that's off the table. But everything else is on the okay. table, um, so we'll see. I, I just think you write in the most beautiful, evocative, sweet, funny way that I would just so love to see that brought to screen. And <laughs> Thank um, you. I think it's, it's really exciting. I think that you are just really... I don't know what it is. I'm, I was trying to do it, say it at the beginning and I'm sort of trying to say it again now. There's this sweetness but a toughness about the way you, I suppose because you're imparting advice in some respects, but you just do it in this way that is just very gentle and wonderful but um, also informative is what I'm trying to say. Thank you. Um, Pleasure. I hope that other people are talking like that about me to the streaming services. <laughs> <laughs> oh they will be absolutely <laughs> i hope so so everyone who hasn't hasn't read jp's book you can still purchase it it's called ola papi at all major retailers and independent bookstores i'm sticking on the end of that um get in touch with us at homo sapiens on instagram uh at homo sapiens podcast on facebook particularly send us your agony uncles email your comments your questions and agony uncles to hello at homo sapiens podcast where can listeners follow you um they can follow me at jp bramer either on twitter or instagram and thank you so much for listening everybody jp thank you so much for being a wonderful guest and all your wonderful advice (laughs) thank you chris for having me
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Powered by Spirit Studios.